Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will give you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. So we've just gone to Anfield, we've beaten Liverpool, and it reminded us of another memorable occasion when exactly that thing took place. Talking 14th of November, 1998, Leeds United were in the very early stages of David O'Leary's time as manager as George Graham had departed the club the month before. And Leeds had just gone out of the League Cup to Leicester and the UEFA Cup to Roma so only had the Premier League to concentrate on at this stage. Uh, late in the game, Liverpool were leading Leeds United by a goal to nil. Then an 18-year-old homegrown striker came off the bench, scored a goal and changed the game for Leeds. I'm Dan Moylan along with Michael Normanson and Rob Conlon and this is the TSB Guide to Alan Smith scoring at Anfield. Well, Leeds make a substitution and it's another one of their teenagers who gets his opportunity. A full debut, or should I say a, a Premiership debut for Alan Smith. An England under-18 striker. And there you go. Smithy enters the fray. We'll get to the actual goal in a minute or two. First, worth sort of colouring in the background here a little bit as to where exactly Leeds were and Liverpool. Things were sort of getting exciting for us at this point. We'd had... George Graham had left, but we had sort of talk of young players, didn't we? And we'd, I think we'd already... Kewell was already fairly established at this point. There was Woodgate, there was Bowyer, there was McPhail. There was kind of... There was a lot of promise around it. But I'll be honest... I don't remember Alan Smith from this time. I remember him coming on at Anfield and it being a bit of a like, who the fuck's this? Yeah, this this was the springboard though, wasn't it? Because we were sat in sixth at this point uh, in the league, eight points off Villa at the top. The season, it was optimistic because of where we were in the league, but it hadn't quite caught fire yet. You look at the results, we'd only beaten, I think, Blackburn and Southampton in the early season, uh, 1-0 and 3-0 respectively. We'd lost at Leicester, then the rest of it was all just kind of draws. Felt like we were just sort of swimming around that that middle pool and then we we beat Wednesday and then went to Anfield where they were below us in the league which we'll come on to in, in just a second or two but I don't think there was any expectation of us winning there because we didn't beat Liverpool you know you go back to when we came up we had the 5-4 and all that kind of thing at, at Ellen Road it was like more like heroic failure wasn't it mm. yeah it's not well we, we didn't ever do well at Anfield or Old Trafford were basically my memories of, of childhood there were two games that you'd go oh, lost how times have changed <laughs> well <laughs> I mean yeah, we would have beaten Man United this year, I'm, I'm sure, had we played them. But Liverpool, actually, there, there are interesting echoes down the ages here because Liverpool went into this game in 11th place. They just lost 1-0 away to Leicester and then 2-1 at home to Derby. So they were just they were just creaking a little bit and they'd also lost to Spurs at home in the League Cup during the previous midweek when we'd gone out to Leicester. It was that weird time, though, when they had 
they brought Julia in because they'd obviously thought Roy Evans wasn't really up to it, but they're not at the balls to sack Roy Evans. So they were like, can you do it together <laughs> for a bit? And it was very clear where it was going to end up, was, which was with, uh, with Julia taking charge. But it was sort of a weird a weird pe- uh, period from was this. There's, um, there's a nice detail in one of the reports of the game from back in the 90s where it was saying uh, Liverpool fans were selling a fanzine outside the ground and on the front cover, it said Liverpool's defence, and it was just printed on a blank piece of paper. <laughs> because I think around this time as well, they were being linked with moves for Nigel Martin and Lucas Radaby to try and fix that defence, which they clearly weren't impressed with. They can't, mean, can't have them. I mean, Nigel Martin's um, part in this game is, is notable as well. I know, I know this is about Alan Smith, but there's a bit of contact on Liverpool's uh, on the penalty that gives that gives them all the lead. Well, that's one thing I never realised until we started looking back into this and watched the video and read the match report. They didn't score until the 68th minute. Like, and it was a penalty and Nigel Martin to say he was heavily involved that was in every sense of the word wasn't it he absolutely clattered Riedler yeah there's about 14 stone of Nigel Martin <laughs> goes into um, goes into Riedler and it's not quite on the sort of Schumacher Batiston um, scale but it's it's pretty hefty he was um, he was knocked unconscious and you do see him being helped off the pitch looking like he doesn't have a clue where he is <laughs> and yeah one report described the booking that Nigel Martin got not a red card a booking as being harsh <laughs> <laughs> Different times, I think, it? I think you take it, that yellow. Yeah. Arms up, yep. No, yeah. no. <laughs> Hard, yeah. I think that there was a little, a little bit of that within <laughs> Martin's body language because you can find this game if you want to watch it as well. It's on Leeds United's um, YouTube channel, isn't it? As a, uh, Listed as a classic from the 1998-99 season. So they got Fowler. Robbie Fowler, expecting big things from him in mm-hmm. the future. He scores the penalty. No concussion protocols there. I think, did he, did he get taken off or did he just continue with it? And it, These days you'd be off, wouldn't you? I think both Martin and Rudolph would be off these days. <laughs> For different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Smith comes on in the 76th minute um, to try and do something with this game and promptly got the equaliser. We're not quite sure whether it's his first or his second touch, but he definitely scored. To go back to what I was saying earlier about I didn't really know who he was, I kind of had heard the name at the time, but like now I've seen, even though we've only just signed him, like I've seen Sonny Perkins play like about seven or eight full games. I'd never seen Alan Smith until he appeared on Match of the Day on this evening and then he just was there stroking the ball into the corner and I think that was that was kind of part of the joy of it in a way that you got to just go bloody hell we've got someone who's just gone, got someone who's just gone and scored never heard of him before really. What was nice about this goal as well is that you'll hear from the clip I'm going to play in a second of it is that it starts up the other end of the field when Liverpool are with pushing a, forward. With an absolute stonewall penalty. <laughs> yeah. So so there is a huge injustice attached to this and it kind of spiralled from there with the goals that followed as well. Like you could hear the crowd getting more and more restless. But this is the Alan Smith equaliser. Thompson. Fowler. Good football. Thompson's cross. Leonardson's shot blocked. Flamboyant football from Liverpool and Thompson goes down. Well, the referee couldn't have been closer to the incident. He says no. So again in the second, Leeds counter-attack through Kuehl. Kuehl to Hopkin, all alone, puts in a shot well blocked by Bjornaby. But Leeds equalise through the youngster Alan Smith, virtually his first kick in the Premiership, and he cannot believe it. He's been on the field about four minutes. He hadn't had a kick until then. And then he showed his promise with an instinctive goal at the coffin. What a moment. What a moment. It was a good moment, wasn't it? And he, he took it with such aplomb. I mean, Hasselbank's goals that followed were taken really, really well as well, weren't they? But for a kid of 18 to just come off the bench and just slot this one across the keeper into the far corner, I thought was really well taken. He looks so young as well. Like He looks mm. 
such a 90s teenager his haircut is mad because this is the era of the of the puma shirt as well with the puma lo- dancing logos down the down the sleeve and those shirts if you remember were absolutely vast weren't mm. they particularly on a on a boy child i mean i was quite a chubby child and mine still fits me to this day so it's <laughs> it's a, there was quite a bit of space in him but yeah i think how young he looked as well my memories of it are that i was like 14 at this point and it felt very much like alan smith was kind of my he was like my man because he was from he was from Rothwell which is in the kind of weird Leeds Wakefield you dare call it weird weird <laughs> weird, and weird Leeds Rothwell the, the Wakefield it's the perennium isn't it yeah it's the, the kind of disputed territory is it, is it Wakefield is it Leeds but it's, know, the, it's the DMZ growing up in Wakefield and having like a just a normal sort of lad with floppy hair in the team just it felt really fun very relatable wasn't yeah, it yeah it was and I think that that was the thing from with a lot of this team but he was the most Leedsy bit of it at the time, even though uh, he was a Liverpool fan. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, I was going to say history has rewritten that a little bit, that he was a Leeds fan growing up, but we, we are laying claim to a different version. It's really strange how history's rewritten a lot of this, because... I grew up in Rothwell and went to the same school as Alan Smith. And one of the, I, I had to ring my dad about this because I didn't know whether I'd just said it that many times. It's not. Which school was it? It was Rothwell Victoria, the junior school I went to. He also went to, but then he went to Ridillion High School, which is where my sisters went, but I didn't. But my, I was only four. Did you when, not pass the entrance exams? Or <laughs> no, yeah, they won't let me in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was only four when this game happened. So my memories of it, I don't really have. But my sister was massively obsessed with Leeds United, so Alan Smith was like her absolute is she, old, is she older than you? Yes, and uh, she would occasionally like bump into him in Rockwell and be absolutely <laughs> starstruck. But yeah, one of the things that I wasn't sure whether it was true or not, but it turns out Alan Smith grew up in the house my dad grew up in. No way. I had to ring him last night. I was like, have I just made this up or is this actually true? And he's like, <laughs> oh no, no, it is true. He, he lived there for a bit anyway. Um, but yeah, so growing up in Rockwell, even before I was into Leeds United, all I knew about Leeds United was like Alan Smith, basically. And actually like the way I thought this was the winner because I think mm. it was just um, it's got that sort of cult status, hasn't it? And I just I think in my head I thought it was the winner. It as must well. have been the winner. It's got this weird status to it. But yeah, I didn't realise Hasselbank then goes and scores twice to win the game. Yeah, and that's after so it's seventy ninth minute when he scores this goal after he's just come on, and then Hasselbank scores another couple of minutes after that. So you've still got the kind of carryover from the injustice of the penalty at the other end when we equalise, 
and then go in front and then score again to absolutely put it to bed in the 86th minute. So we've gone 79, 81, 86. Game it's, done and dusted. It's um, Hasselbank's first as well to make it 2-1. David Hopkins is basically fighting with uh, Liverpool's <laughs> midfield in back play. And you see, I think it's Paul Ince pushes him over and he's kind of scrapping with Leonardson, who looks absolutely terrified by this ginger Scottish I, I, I man screaming in his face. I mean, David face. Hopkins was a fairly terrifying looking man, yeah. wasn't he? You, if you're going to have a fight with him, you would look at his face and think, it's nothing to lose this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is, he'll, he'll he's do got, anything. If he's stumbled out of a, a nightclub, he's come out of Barrowlands in Glasgow or something like that at 3am and, and he confronts you in the street, you just run off into the, the shadows, don't you? <laughs> yeah, he used to play without his teeth in, didn't he, as well? So that it, it really did create a... If you've only seen the manager, David Hopkins, he tends to have false teeth in his yeah. days. Where not, he? not the Instagram generation. No, I mean, he's he's not a man for Instagram, I don't <laughs> I suspect, isn't, uh, isn't David Hopkins. But yeah, he went on to um, have some beef with uh, David Thompson later in his career. Is that right? Yeah, so I wrote about this last season um, because I'd watched the highlights back and I'd spotted him fighting with Liverpool's midfield and not realised it before and then reading into it it was David Thompson who clearly dived for that penalty shout in the build up to a <laughs> Smith's goal I mean it is a penalty isn't it probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah in a, I think it was a reserves game where David Hopkins was playing for Bradford by that point David Thompson tells a story of being absolutely clattered by uh, Hopkin and ending up with his face in the turf and having a bit of a scrap with him. David Thompson claims that he was running rings around Hopkin. I think it might be that confidence or arrogance which maybe tempted Hopkin into kicking him to the floor in the first place. <laughs> and who could blame him? Um, it was interesting like hearing the, the post-match comments and Houllier made a claim for the penalty, but O'Leary having none of it. Yeah, it was his quote after the game. He was saying, give me a break. If that is what they're claiming, then it's a sorry state of affairs. And uh, it's fair to say O'Leary didn't lack confidence in himself because this was actually only... Which we, we, we did go on to note, I think. Yeah, yeah. well, I think we talk about Jesse Marsh now as being very assured of himself. But um, O'Leary, it was actually only his second game as permanent manager and Jerry ends his post-match interview by saying, I thought it would be harder for us, which is a <laughs> lovely line. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is a dick-swinging move, isn't it? Go to Anfield and win. I thought it would be harder for us. I enjoy talking about Alan Smith from just this game because I can remember when I really liked him. <laughs> And yeah. it brings back it brings back some like nice warm fuzzy feelings and, <laughs> and all the kind of good stuff that was to happen because it's very much of this era it timestamps this era very very well before all the bad stuff happened wasn't it because we went on to finish fourth in this season and qualified for the UEFA Cup again um, it just felt like an era of great optimism and fun and Leeds United were growing kind of emerging from this unsure post-Wilco era into this kind of it was like the butterfly coming out of the cl- uh, chrysalis a little bit wasn't it yeah and Smith was such a big part of it because he scored he came on against Charlton didn't he as well not long after the, maybe, maybe, might have been the straight away the game after he came off the bench again and scored another one and it was like it's just such fun just watching these players do this and you know the, seeing the young players kind of doing it all together as well in, in a bit the same way as I know they weren't on the pitch but the way you saw Greenwood and Gellhart around Somerville kind of pointing at him like it's our mate this it's our mate and he's good yeah you're the man and all that <laughs> yeah yeah so this Liverpool game was um, it was the second in a sequence where we won 14 out of 20, which is just almost unheard of in the Premier League these days. It's, that's Man City territory, isn't it? And in February, March, we had seven wins on the bounce, which I think at one point, I don't know if that was a club record or they were going for a club record of consecutive wins, but uh, it was nice. It was a nice time, wasn't it? Just just before the millennium and the millennium bug and then Peter, <laughs> Peter Ridsdale and it all, you know, it all went south because 2004, obviously, we were relegated and Alan Smith signed for Man United. That's probably another episode of this. It it is. Smith signed for Man United, but it, it, is. it was bad. Well, that was my uh, that was my other Roffles story because I wasn't sure whether 
the story about him growing up in the same house as my dad was true. And then there's another story which I'm not entirely sure is true, but it sounds like it probably could be. But when he joined Scum, um, some unhappy Leeds fans in Rothwell went to egg his house and I think they got the wrong house and egged his <laughs> next door neighbours. <laughs> oh dear me. Yeah, the, 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 the move to Scum wasn't received particularly well. But there is a weird coincidence attached to it. So we fast forward to the 18th of February 2006. Smith once again came on at Anfield and I've checked the timings of this. He was a 76th minute substitute again in this game at Anfield. Came on as a sub for Man United in an FA Cup fifth round tie the one in which he broke his leg and dislocated his ankle. And I didn't realise that I thought he'd gone in for a tackle, but he was just basically trying to block a free kick from John, An- John Anarisa. Mm, he just landed. Do you not really remember the song? John Anarisa, ooh, ah, I want to know how you broke Smith's leg. Oh, right. That no, was I a song. I don't Do you not remember that? it? No. That's, it's imaginative. <laughs> I think that's what, uh, that's what the commentary team on the game were like, God, Reese has just hit that hat ball so hard that he shattered <laughs> his leg and not and kind of ignoring the way his leg had planted. Mm-hmm. And John Arisa, were we in for John Arisa? We were. We didn't bother. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't need left backs. So there's all sorts. <laughs> there's all sorts of little weird bits of symmetry and coincidence um, attached to this. Um, any thoughts on Alan Smith playing for Man United, I or won't. should we just leave this as a happy episode? Leave this as a happy episode. <laughs> yeah. This was a. This was a wonderful day and a wonderful time. Yeah. And yeah, just a nice, a nice moment, much like the win at Anfield this season was. And that is the TSB guide to Alan Smith scoring at Anfield. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 